My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful! We have the right to peacefully assemble! The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Conservative Daily. Happy Wednesday. Uh, So, if anyone was watching the midterms last night, we showed some of the first reports that came up. Uh, as they were, as the votes were coming in, and uh, let's see if I actually have that that one screenshot. Uh, we showed you last night on the live stream. Where is it? One of the first drops from the Georgia Senate runoff. This was when they had just gotten a few thousand ballots that they had reported on from AP and, you know, showing uh, 70.8 to 29.2 in favor of Herschel Walker uh, with a total of a little over uh, 6,000 ballots. And then the next drop came in and it was, you know, several hundred thousand. The... uh, it switched to like I think it was sixty five or sixty six percent for Warnock. That continued, uh, and as the night went on, the results continued to creep in favor of Herschel Walker, and he had taken a slight lead by around ten o'clock last night. And then uh, Fulton County came in. Fulton County always a place to watch. Well, Fulton County came in. Raphael Warnock. Won the day, so we are so we are told, and uh, here we are today. Here we are today. Uh, moron mama, tell me what you have been writing Charlie Kirk about. Uh, he actually, I watched, I was curious what he was saying. I watched some of his, uh, like maybe 15 minutes of his live coverage. Uh, Paula sounds so thrilled. Yeah, well, you know, it's another day. Another day in, in paradise. And by paradise, I mean the battle to, you know, save our country from going full commie fascist. But he won. And, you know, CNN, of course, reported this in favor of Raphael Warnock uh, that night. I'll let you guys let me know what you think in the comments. If it looked like Walker was going to win, would they have called it? Would they have called it so soon? I think we all know the answer to that. No, they wouldn't have. They would have said it's just too late to tell. But we talked about it last night. No, we didn't think he was going to beat it. I said last night, there's no way that they're going to let Herschel Walker win. It was interesting to see that first drop. I would imagine that is very likely uh, what the results would have looked like had they been realistic. But Fulton County came in to steal it, and now they have three days. They have until the 9th in order to you know, count to accept these mail-in ballots, which they will very likely use to fill in the gaps of whatever they did. Uh, Jeff O'Donnell was looking at the reporting as they were coming in. So he's going to be sharing some of that with us uh, the next couple of days 
because it's important to understand, again, the machines are the problem. Yes, they're stealing mail-in ballots. Yes, they're, uh, you know, they're creating this out of nowhere. Yes, there are a lot of issues, but uh, the point remains we have to get rid of the machines. We have to throw out the machines. They have to stand in the street as a testament to the corrupt deep state selection system that we desperately need to throw overboard. Uh, but we have some other things going on. And I'm not going to spend the entire time talking about uh, talking about Georgia. We all know what happened. CNN, of course, saying that now that they have a slim majority over Republicans in the chamber, they will have significant governing advantages compared to the 50-50 split in the current Congress. And this, of course, means nominations. Uh, subpoena powers, you know, they're very happy about the ability to fill Supreme Court vacancies easier. So the, uh, the fight continues. The fight continues on the election fraud front. Uh, a couple of you just asked, yeah, Joe's cool. He is uh, back in town. He'll be on this evening. I could play that song. I'll play that in a minute. The, uh, the Jeff Christmas song. I do love Jeff. Um, but some funny things going on and some not so funny things going on. So first of all, uh, let's talk about COVID real quick. I was hoping to have Brian Artis on this morning and he had to hop on a plane so he wasn't able to join us, but we'll have him on. It's been too long since we've had Brian on. Uh, but L.A. County, L.A. Times, last night. No, this is not. Uh, this is not a joke, guys. L.A. County facing a full-blown coronavirus surge as cases double and deaths rise. Isn't that fantastic? L.A. County appears in the midst of another full-blown coronavirus surge with cases doubling since Thanksgiving. The spike, which partially captures but likely does not fully reflect exposures over the Thanksgiving holiday, is prompting increasingly urgent calls for residents to get up to date on their COVID vaccines hmm. and consider taking other preventative steps to stymie viral transmission and severe illness. Isn't that nice? The world is so simple if you read the LA Times. Stuff's bad, guys. Just get your, get your COVID shot. I'm sure we can get we could, we should just wish the same the same blessing on the the poor people of Ukraine, right? Since it solves everything. Just hey, I know that you know the Russians, the evil Russians are waging a war of aggression. Just get vaccinated. I mean that that's pretty much the narrative now, right? Cuz that'll save you from war and poverty and all the other things that we're told. Also on the rise is the number of coronavirus-positive patients being cared for in hospitals, sparking concerns about the renewed stress in the region's healthcare system. The specter of indoor public mask mandate is rising if the trends continue, possibly shortly after New Year's Day. Huh, how do they know that? The surge in viral transmission comes as many people have stopped paying attention to COVID. Yeah, because it was bullshit. Because the entire thing has been bullshit. You've lied to us absolutely ad nauseum, day in, day out. Oh, and critically, more doctors should be prescribing antiviral drugs like Paxlovid. Definitely not, uh, you know, <laughs> don't get ivermectin. Don't do any of those things. Don't take zinc. Don't, you know, uh, don't exercise because exercise is now linked to, to heart problems. We know that because the science told us so. Uh, but if we want to look at some other science, another study has come out, this one in the British Medical Journal, COVID-19 vaccine boosters for young adults, a risk-benefit assessment and ethical analysis of mandate policies at universities. In 2022, says the abstract, students at North American universities with third-dose COVID-19 vaccine mandates risk disenrollment if, un if unvaccinated. To assess the appropriateness of mandates in this group, we combine empirical risk-benefit assessment and ethical analysis to prevent one COVID hospitalization over a six-month period. Very cool. So I'll skip to the uh, 
Uh, where is the? There we go. Booster mandates are expected to. Uh, booster mandates in young adults are expected to cause a net harm per COVID hospitalization prevented. We anticipate at least 18.5 serious adverse events from mRNA vaccines, including 1.5 to 4.6 booster-associated myopericarditis cases in males, typically requiring hospitalization. Also, though you know the media doesn't want you to mention it, uh, resulting in a massive reduction in life expectancy. We expect or anticipate 1,430 to 4,626 cases of grade greater than or equal to three reactogenicity interfering with daily activities. We're not doing this again, right? How about we just not do this again? The fact that they're trying to, to push this on us again, you know, they say, oh, yeah, well, cases are rising. Hey, LA Times, get forked. All right, I'm just going to say it. Uh, and just uh, before we move on to some more important things, this is an actual headline because, you know, the science tells us so many things and trust the media. So, this, I just had to show you this headline because it made me laugh, but also want to punch a wall. Shark Week lacks diversity, overrepresents men named Mike, scientists say. Who are these scientists? I mean, truly, who are these scientists? Researchers say Discovery's programming overwhelmingly features white men as experts <laughs> while emphasizing negative messages about sharks. And then it says, a young girl rarely would see any scientists, any women she could look up to. I mean, unbelievable. The science tells us that Shark Week is, is non, uh, non-representative. That, like, that's a headline right now. Is that, like, how, who is, who is, uh, I'm gonna, I don't even care. Uh, I, I have to play this. This is, I, I think, truly on this one, I have to uh, believe is how some of these people are pulling up news stories in order to pad the uh, news cycle as they try to stifle everything about Twitter, everything about the federal government, uh, including local officials. For instance, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, who just certified and stole her own election for governor of uh, Arizona working with Twitter to expose these people, and now Jim Baker being fired. Uh, I believe Cash Patel actually went and called him out about, uh, or called out the situation, Jim Baker being, uh, you know, someone who was intimately involved in Russiagate and a number of other issues. Uh, so he got fired. He got called out. This, of course, all revolves around the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, which is not about his, uh, you know, nude pics or any of the other fun stuff on there. It's about the first family's completely corrupt, uh, you know, syndicate and selling the office to the Chinese and all the information coming out about their interests and dealings in Ukraine. All of this is a show. So I'm going to try to Remain a little bit positive. Let's play uh, just to remind ourselves because Christmas is upon us. So while they're telling us that we may see a rapid uh, acceleration in cases and we may see lock- lockdowns just after the holidays, uh, let's, let's just play Jeff O'Donnell real quick and then we're going to jump into some stuff. Bells will be ringing the sad, sad news. Another Christmas Beneath the screws Two years ago Since the fraud that night But we can't find a judge Who'll see the light 
Christ will be singing silent Cause fighting keeps trampling on all our rights Please come back for Christmas Trump, please come back by Christmas If not by Christmas By New Year's night Socialist traitors Are vote fabricators Sure as the stars shine so bright But this is Christmas Yes, Christmas, my friend It's the perfect time To give 2020 a rewrite So won't you tell me You're headed back for more We'll fix all our problems, our pride regain, and we'll be happy, wealthy, free again. down the drain and we'll make America great again again <laughs> watching 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 all right uh so real quick what I do believe is actually the mainstream media right now figuring out how to pad the news cycle. Venezuela! Transgender! Ketamine! <laughs> Venezuela's transgender ketamine dealers. That's like truly what the news sounds like right now, doesn't it? Pretty ridiculous. But uh, yesterday we did a show. We talked a lot. We had uh, Mario uh, Balaban, Balaban. I hope I'm not messing that up again. Uh, from Project Veritas. Chewing on. <laughs> uh, we had him on talking about a really disturbing story that, of course, you know, Project Veritas had to uh, had to do the groundwork on because mainstream media is not media and reporters are not doing their jobs. No, instead they cower and they repeat the Mockingbird narrative and people like Julian Assange are punished in prison. People like uh, our fellow American patriots are still in prison. We have Jeremy Brown's trial going on this week. Uh, but the HHS, if you didn't see the show yesterday, you need to go back and watch it. Uh, Mario discussed with us what's going on in that story. Uh, you go to projectveritas.com, by the way. Um, they have the, uh, you can get both the videos there. We played uh, one of the parts of the release that they put out and essentially they went down and interviewed some of these people because a whistleblower came forward. Uh, her name was Tara Lee Rodas and she came out exposing what is going on. Here's a, a bit from the interview, but she came out exposing that the health and human services are uh, essentially flying these children straight to their traffickers. We, the taxpayers, are paying to have these people uh, shipped straight to traffickers. And these kids are then being sold into debt bondage to the cartels, both for the coyotes bringing them here, for their sponsors. They sell them fake documentation and then hold over deportation letters when they don't take them to their hearings. Uh, and some of them are, in fact, being sold into sex trafficking. There was a 16-year-old girl who was recounting that her supposed aunt, someone she didn't know was her aunt, but who said that she was, said that she knew her since she was a child, that she was pimping her out to 
so many men that she didn't remember. And she had to run away. A 16-year-old girl. And our facts plus to that is talking about it. We need to overwhelm the Congress. They need to be swimming in paper over the story, allowing this to happen. They're turning a blind eye. There's no way that people up the chain are not aware of this. There's absolutely no way. This entire system is built for abuse, and it's defrauding American people, and it's, it's, it's doing uh, unspeakable harm to, to uh, children. And yes, uh, and remember, we do have an excellent sponsor of the show, and that is Air Medcare Network. So today's podcast is, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. And if you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, or if you like to hike or spend a lot of time outdoors or do uh, you know dangerous things like some of us like to do that may require some emergency medical attention, we all want to make sure that our family is protected in a medical emergency. Uh, and health insurance will not always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight if, in fact, you do need one. But with Air MedCare Network, you are covered. For as little as $85 a year, not only you, but your entire household will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. Uh, this is a super, super good deal, very low cost, and it's insurance that if you need it, you do want to make sure that you have it. I know people personally who have had to cover those costs, and believe me, they are very expensive. So simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Receive up to a $50 Visa gift card back when you sign up today. That's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and promo code is daily. Go check them out. The mess spelled in one ad is Balenciaga. Yeah, Bale. Balenciaga or Bale is king, right? That's who these people are. That's what these people represent. And that's why things like this continue to happen and nothing ever gets done about it. Uh, immediate attention, Office of Refugee Resettlement is trafficking children for the cartels. This this uh, this is a really upsetting story, but you guys need to see this. So again, go back and watch the show we did with Mario last, uh, yesterday. Dear Congress, Project Veritas released shocking interviews with children being trafficked by the U.S. federal government through the ORR, Health and Human Services, and Department of Homeland Security. Border Patrol heroes have been blowing the whistle on the human trafficking operation since Biden's inauguration, when he was supposedly elected, uh, impeach him immediately, conditions on the border immediately changed. Border agents described it as a faucet turned from trickle to full blast and it hasn't stopped. Estimates as many as 6 million new illegal aliens residing in the U.S. since Biden took office. And by the way, in that uh, documentary, in the, the undercover reporting that they did, uh, many of these sponsors are they're not citizens they're not even permanent residents and yet these children are being allowed to be turned over to them uh, the horror described in the project veritas video demands your immediate attention children are being trafficked for sex and labor the government is placing them with illegals as sponsors they are physically abused threatened with deportation psychologically tortured our tax dollars are paying for this, and the executive branch of the U.S. government is enabling and involved in this crime. This is all executive branch, everything that they've rolled, they've rolled out. According to the whistleblower, Biden administration's unaccompanied child policy moves the children every 14 days upon pain of lawfare. We don't get sued by the cartels. Quote, that is a quote from the whistleblower. Why would that be the policy, especially when you consider another part of the policy prohibits fingerprinting or photographing unaccompanied children? The cartel's final and to their criminal enterprise, most dangerous, expensive leg of the trafficking journey is completed by federal agencies. The children are placed with these abusive cartel sponsors posing as family. This is our most vulnerable. Again, many of them are from Guatemala and other countries. Many of them don't even speak. They don't speak English, they can't read or write, and they don't even speak Spanish. They speak a, a native uh, dialect. They have, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what they're doing to these children. So you have the evidence that's before you as the primary branch of government responsible for checking and balancing the executive branch. Our demand for remedy is you must act immediately, act to expel, expel the cartels, save the children, and hold the criminals perpetuating this horror accountable. Our own U.S. government is actively participating in, in child sex trafficking. And there's no other way to put it. It's absolutely disgusting. 
And uh, yesterday, again, go back and watch the show. For we uh, That was at 12 noon Eastern, uh, 10 o'clock Mountain with Mario uh, Balaban. And we played the part one of the release in its entirety. Uh, so please go watch it. It's really, really important. And send your facts. Tell these people to end this. We have uh, we we the American people have to take charge of our country. So, Supreme Court. Some things are going on. They, of course, we have the Brunson lawsuit, which we'll be updating you on. Uh, I've been talking to Loy a little bit, but. CNN reporting the case in front of the Supreme Court Wednesday could upend electoral politics. Upend electoral politics. Now, the Supreme Court is going to hear oral arguments today on one of those cases being Moore v. Harper, a case that could determine whether Article 1, uh, Section 4, Clause 1, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislator thereof, but the Congress may at any time act by law to make or alter such regulations, except as to the places of choosing senators. So, CNN. Gotta love CNN. They report the the Supreme Court will take up the future of federal elections Wednesday, discussing a case that could upend electoral politics and embolden state legislators to act without judicial oversight. Oversight, man, they really don't like the Constitution, do they? Which I find hilarious because now all of a sudden that they're claiming Donald Trump came out uh, with his, uh, you know, call to terminate the Constitution. Now all of a sudden they love it, don't they? But supporters of former President Donald Trump relied on versions of the so-called independent state legislator doctrine during the efforts to overturn the 2020 election. What they mean is rectify. Now, North Carolina Republican lawmakers asking justices to adopt the lawn dormant legal theory in a fight over redistricting maps, saying it allows state legislators to set rules in federal elections without any constraints by state courts and other state authorities. Voting rights groups say lawmakers' position would lead to state legislators having absolute authority without judicial oversight, even perhaps choosing their desired election winners. Wow, doesn't that sound familiar? Most basic, uh, most basic tactic that they use, just accuse the enemy of what you're doing, right? We've seen this over and over and over again. So, of course, now North Carolina's congressional map is right in the center of all this. Uh, the Democrats sued it because it didn't reflect their desired outcome, their wishes. Uh, but the North Carolina Supreme Court sided with the Democrats. And they appointed their own experts to redraw the maps. Uh, SCOTUS has agreed to hear this case, and uh, Justice Barrett, Amy Coney Barrett, is expected to be the deciding vote. She has not publicly taken an issue, but there are a lot of things going on here. Um, Where's the next one? So again, as recently as last week, Trump called for termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. As things stand, Republicans currently control the majority of state legislators and have seen multiple proposed congressional legislative maps struck down by the states. There's a lot that could be implicated in this decision, says says Avakana, who is a Dem lawyer for the Democratic voters in the case. Uh, if In this decision, if the court were to say basically that the legislator of a state has free, unchecked reign to decide federal elections. Okay, well, remember, these are, yes, they'll say federal elections. Remember, we're supposed to dictate those federal elections, we the people. Uh, this, would be, this would be just a complete fundamental shift in the way we have always done business. She stressed that it could impact not just claims of partisan gerrymandering, but other issues such as voter ID and absentee voting regulations. Are we surprised that they might have an issue with this? They always frame it this way. Because, you know, they have to have they they have to have their their fraud set up. So they try to make this a, a court issue. Anytime justice uh 
looks like it might sway against their favor. Every, every, even the framing of it, the fact that it's it's in the news at all, they have to frame it this way. Business as usual, right? This could completely disrupt business as usual. I want to put up this. Uh, I want to put up this rant real quick. Uh, so we got a rant from Devon, and it says. It's time for vigilante justice. These children have nobody helping them. So, you know, obviously we can't. I'll tell you what, this, uh, the child stuff and what's going on with these kids at the border. I mean, that this makes me, this makes me want to just say, Hey guys, let's just go fix this. You know, they of course call us, call us crazy, but. What what really what options do we have? Why not just have all the people go down and start, you know, start defending the border? These people try to harm kids. Okay, you're done. You've had your turn. So obviously, you know, we are facing really over the top threats. With these protests, we've seen what they actually think about people gathering. So we have to be calm and we do have to be peaceful. In fact, that's part of the reason I played the uh, Jeff O'Donnell video, because we need to remember to hold on to some joy. Uh, but there, there is a time when, when we need to stand up. And I'll tell you what. They continue to steal everything. You know, Ray J. Devon. Why not just go defend the border? It's our country. It's not theirs. I mean, we've had this conversation before. But we need to, we need to remain calm. There's, uh, we need to fix these elections. So looking at this, uh, four conservative justices interested in this case. On the surface, the case... Before the justices represents a redistricting dispute out of North Carolina involving a lower court decision invalidating the state's congressional map, the state Supreme Court struck the map illegal as partisan gerrymandering replaced it with a temporary court-drawn map more favorable to Democrats. Republican legislators raced to the U.S. Supreme Court in March 2022 asking the justices to free the decision, to freeze the decision. Uh, they relied upon the elections clause of the Constitution. You know, that one thing that they they don't like very much. Again, remember they're saying uh, this could be a fundamental difference in how we do things as, as usual. Well, pay attention to what's actually being said here. The elections clause of the Constitution that provides the rules governing the manner of holding elections for senators and representatives must be prescribed in each state by the legislator thereof. Under the independent state legislator theory, the lawmakers argue state legislators should be able to set rules with no interference from the state courts. A 5-4 Supreme Court uh, declined to block the court-ordered map on an emergency basis. Justice Alito wrote for Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch that he thought lawmakers in the case will ultimately prevail. Quote, if the language of the elections clause is taken seriously, there must be some limit on the authority of state courts to countermand actions taken by state legislators when they are prescribing rules for the conduct of federal elections. So again, when they said back here, this would be a complete fundamental shift in the way we've done, we've always done business, she stressed. The Constitution is a fundamental change. That's a fundamental change in how we do business. This is, I mean, is that it? They're terrified of, you know, of, of the law actually being respected. This is the same. We've heard this in Colorado. We've heard this in the 2020 election. This is how we do things. We can't, you know, they, they always will cite precedent, cite business as usual. But really, they're just stealing everything. Following the Constitution is a fundamental shift in how we do business. That's what they're telling us. And they're right. If if we're being honest, do you guys do you guys uh, do you guys disagree? It, it, 
it, it is a fundamental shift in how we do business because we don't follow the Constitution. None of these red flag laws, none of all this money that we've been spending everywhere, none of these federal elections laws that they've changed, none of this is constitutional. What they did in, in 2020, what they're doing to the J6 defendants, the spying that they're doing, which we're going to get into, spying on American citizens, the Creative Artists Agency, all these politicians, the you know, Biden family selling out, uh, you know, selling out American interests, FTX, I mean, all these things. None of it's constitutional. So if you take their words at face value, then yeah, following the Constitution 100% is completely against business as usual because nothing about how the United States operates anymore is constitutional. Nothing, not a bit of it. And then they have the nerve to come out and say, Donald Trump, how dare he? How dare he say terminate the Constitution, which we wipe our, our backsides with anyway, which we spit on. Disgusting. And before we move on, today's show is sponsored by Augusta Precious Metals. They help retirement savers use gold IRAs to diversify and hedge against this crazy economy. Augusta is different. They don't push fear and doom like some gold IRA companies. They're all about compliance, transparency, and educating people to protect their retirement. Augusta has thousands of five-star ratings and hundreds of great reviews. Their most famous customer, quarterback Joe Montana, loved the company's mission so much he's now their paid ambassador. Even Money Magazine says Augusta is the best gold IRA company. So don't get into a gold IRA nightmare. Protect your retirement savings with a reliable, transparent company. Get Augusta's free guide from their website. You can go to www.augustapreciousmetals.com. That is A-U-G-U-S-T-A preciousmetals.com. A company that puts its money where its mouth is. Love it. Get the Augusta Precious Metals free gold IRA guide at www.augustapreciousmetals.com and do something now about protecting your retirement. Again, I mentioned CAA uh, because, you know, again, the Constitution includes free speech, uh, something that is being massively uh, attacked and the media is spinning it as now we have this Twitter saga unfolding. Again, remember, uh, we talked about in the last couple of days, more of the Twitter files. We know that Elon Musk fired uh, Jim Baker, the guy involved in Russiagate, uh, someone who stepped down you know, from the FBI as general counsel uh, and was one of the people who inserted himself to review the Twitter files, the uh, drops from internal documents showing that they were colluding with government officials, including the DNC, the White House, uh, state officials, again, like Carrie or like Katie Hobbs to censor people and were in fact, as you see in the timestamps in a lot of these correspondences, within a few hours, they're going, yep, no problem handled. So they're essentially banning people in real time in corroboration, in cooperation with the with Depo- Department of Homeland Security and this uh, you know, this Twitter group who was uh, essentially acting, not working with the, the FBI and with, uh, you know, this Orwellian state, but we're really just an extension of it. And I, you know, I've seen a lot of people talking about this, you know, how was it that Twitter was never, you know, they managed to, to survive so long and become so big without profit. Well, number one, we know that they weren't nearly as big as we were told because there was a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of fakeness. There's a lot of fake accounts, kind of like ballots, a lot of fake accounts, a lot of, a lot of bots. Uh, that was one of the, I mean, I mean, that was a, a debate that was going back and forth that the deal was hinging on. Uh, but no, it was never about that. It had nothing to do with a company being profitable and operating according to any sort of ethical bid, business standard. It was about controlling public opinion. It was about a brainwashing tool. Uh, but more of that continues. So a story that came out uh, on Fox very early this morning or late last night, depending on how you look at it. Kirk Cameron denied story hour slot by public libraries for his new faith-based kids book. A faith-based kid book. Why would they not like that? Actor writer has not gotten a single yes from the 50 plus public libraries. His publisher has contacted so far. Messages does not align, he was told. Messages does not align. 
Okay, so I'll stop right there. Align with what? What is it that it does not align with? Just bear that in mind. All the things that we know that they put in libraries. I mean, they'll have CRT, you know, all this white people are bad. They've ruined history. Uh, you know, sexualizing the children. In fact, books outright, and this is in schools. Uh, th these are in school libraries, but many of them are in partnership with public libraries, which is where these books come from. So they're telling you that, j just looking at this headline, they're telling you that a book which tells a kid how to have sex with adult males, how to pleasure them, what they like, and then on top of that, instructing them how to use sex apps like Grindr to find casual sex partners and, you know, roam free in the, in the gay LGBTQ community, those are fine. But a faith-based kids book does not align. With a new children's book out that celebrates family, faith, and biblical wisdom, three things that don't align, remember that, faith, family, and biblical wisdom, Actor, writer, producer Kirk Cameron cannot reach scores of American children or their families in many U.S. cities via the public library system because over 50 public libraries have either outright rejected him or not responded to requests on his behalf. A story hour program for kids and parents connected to new book releases in an activity that many libraries typically present to their patrons and communities. Many of the same libraries that won't give Cameron a slot are actively offering Drag Queen Story Hour or similar programs for kids and young people. According to Cameron's book publisher and to a review of the library's website and current program listings. Okay, so just remember, Drag Time Story Hour totally aligns. Family, faith, biblical wisdom, not cool. That does not align with public libraries. Some library programs promote gender fluidity, inclusion, diversity, Others offer name change clinics for older, older adults and adults who want to alter their official paperwork for gender identity reasons. Brave Books, Cameron's publisher, shared details of the story hour requests and rejections received to date. The Rochambeau Public Library in Providence, Rhode Island, for instance, for instance told Cameron his book uh, and his publisher by phone, no, we will pass on having you run a program in our space. We'll pass. You know, name change, gender identity, you know, politics, drag time story hour, putting, you know, young children in front of, you know, in front of sexual deviants, letting them strip in front of them. That's fine. But no, nah, sorry, we're going to pass on your family faith-based book. We are a very queer-friendly library. I'll repeat that. We are a very queer-friendly library. Our messages, our messaging does not align. You understand the problem here? When we, th this is why, this is why nothing the left says, this is why the decorum they want us to have does not apply. It does not apply here. This is a library. So, why does a, a, a library, why are they talking about messaging? This is the same bought and paid for mockingbird bullshit that we see out of politicians, that we see out of the media. The messaging of the library does not align with a book that espouses family and faith and biblical wisdom. These, these, these are not controversial topics, really, when, when we think about it. And again, talk about, they'll, they'll say biblical wisdom doesn't align. Every other religion under the sun gets theirs. In fact, Satanists do. They get to come out and openly say that abortions are part of our religious right. How dare you touch us? They can espouse all their views. They can run out these spaces. They get backlash when they try to run out spaces that say they don't align with their values. And this is important because this is not just this one library. This is all over the country. This is all over the country. The same kinds of things are happening. And how much you want to bet all these... I would love to follow the money on all the, all the public libraries. I'll give you three guesses where a lot of that money is coming from. 
When the publisher asked the library official about filling out the proper form to apply for a story hour slot, the individual replied, you can fill out the form to reserve a space, run the program, but we won't run your program. So basically, yeah, go ahead, fill it out, but, you know, uh, <laughs> but buzz off. On its website, Rochambeau Library promotes a regular offering for young people called Queer Umbrella. It is a club and safe space where teens can learn, discuss, and connect over queer history, art, community, resources, and more. How lovely. This is a picture of Kirk Cameron, his wife, and six children. Four of those children were adopted. But it doesn't align, right? So you have a, you have, think about this, this actor, producer, writer, six children, beautiful family, four children adopted. Looks like, you know, this is a, it looks like a black and white photo, uh, but to my eyes, it looks like there are possibly three of the four children he adopted are black. And the book that this man wrote espousing family which he very clearly uh, practices himself, family values. Uh, that doesn't align. So, you know, adopting children, you know, th these are all things that they, they criticize Republicans for not being able, or conservatives, right? You don't actually, you don't, you don't care. You, you say abortion, but then you don't adopt the kids. Well, no, that's actually not true. A lot, a lot do. And uh, he's one example of it. I mean, look at that. What a beautiful family. But clearly that doesn't align because they have to they have to groom the kids. They have to tell them that they can be whatever gender they want and that, you know, hanging out in in uh, clothes while they dress like prostitutes with adults who dress like prostitutes and dancing like prostitutes. That's fine. That aligns with the messaging of the public library. Mm. Disgusting. But let's talk about libraries a little bit more, a little bit of a deeper story. Because libraries have a long history of being a battleground for civil rights. They have often been a place of nonviolent protests. Uh, perhaps we could, in fact, you know, they, they let's talk about nonviolent protests. We'll mention that in a minute. Uh, but this uh, is an article, The Hist Hidden History of Libraries and Civil Rights. So most of us think about Rosa Parks refusing to give up her seat on Martin Luther King Jr.'s March of Washington when we think about the civil rights movement. Lesser known is the issue of library segregation, the profound lengths that college-age students went to in order to integrate them. Geraldine Edwards Hollins was one of these students. In 1961, she and eight other students from historically black Tougaloo College, a group known as the Tougaloo Nine, held a sit-in at a whites-only public library in Jackson, Mississippi as an act of civil disobedience. I knew it could have been death or dogs, but I made that choice, she says, says Geraldine, because I knew that somebody had to do it. She attributes the group's success to three key things. One, treating people kind, working with love, and having expectations for yourself and for others that may, uh, makes a lot of things happen. Geraldine recommends this approach to young activists. Nonviolence was, in fact, one of the defining features of the two Glue Nines protests. Nonviolence. I'm going to say that again. During that time, we wanted to do everything nonviolent. That means we had to work at experiencing things that would make us violent and restrain ourselves. And uh, here's an illustration of Geraldine Hollis's mugshot after she was arrested for sitting at a white library. So it's a little historical context since we're on the topic. But look. Let's think about that. So if this does not align with the messaging at the library, why don't we have a bunch of Christian sit-ins? You know, the people of Arizona apparently didn't, uh, weren't all that interested in the election that just took place and was stolen from them. But if they're going to continue doing this, it, it should be pretty easy to get you know, what, 500 people? And just go sit in, have a Christian sit-in 
at a library, right? I mean, if they want to play these things and they don't think that uh, family values and faith, you know, bedrocks of our nation and our culture, in fact, things that have primarily guided, though many will claim otherwise, the family unit and much of the ethos of this country, why don't we just show ourselves peacefully? That should be pretty easy. So I know there are a lot of people who, uh, who are still on the fence about the election, though I don't understand how. But I think let's just use public libraries as the as the form, right? They're public, and if they don't, if they say it doesn't align with the messaging, whose messaging is it? I think we decide what the messaging is, and we should tell them so. So let's float that idea. What do you guys think? I think that Christian sit-ins would be an excellent thing to start spreading across the country. Now let's talk, to po- talk about the Postal Service, because uh, before I do, actually, uh, Christmas is around the corner, so I'll be right back. Uh, my pillow support Mike Lindell. I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to bring you my biggest bedding sale ever, just in time for Christmas. Get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases, only $9.98. Rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. We even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All at the biggest discounts ever. I know my bedding products are perfect for you, and I'm extending my money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code. CD21. Discounts Charlie Delta 21. Products, including my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Hi, I'm Joe, Supreme Leader of DCF Guns. What is DCF Guns, you ask? We're the best damn gun store and range in the universe. Do we have guns? We have all the f***ing guns. We got small guns. We got big guns. We even have beastly guns. We offer all types of training, and we have five ranges across our three locations. I'm a good shot. And of course, we have all types of ammo. We even have flamethrowers. Woo! We offer incredible membership opportunities, and members save even more on guns, ammo, and accessories. Military, both active and retired, and first responders get up to 40% off memberships. Come join the DCF family today, where we keep the range hot and the deals hotter. Hi. All right, so remember, everybody, uh, the times, they are changing, and there's going to be a lot of uh, weirdness as we continue down the road to... uh, you know, we need to continue down the road to food shortages and energy dependency. I mean, my goodness, it's pretty pathetic. Uh, but we know that they're going to continue to push us towards, uh, you know, some kind of World War III. So we have to figure out what the heck we're doing. A good way to do that, get some guns, and then learn how to use them, get ammo. So dcfguns.co. You can do that online. Use promo code Joe, J-O-E. Uh, and do that. But let's talk about the Postal Service because, you know, reminded you earlier that Jeremy Brown's trial is taking place. They, of course, uh, they have found Stuart Rhodes guilty of seditious conspiracy. Unbelievable. They've also, by the way, I got an update. Uh, Jake Lang has been moved to a Supermax facility and is now limited to 500 minutes on the phone per month. I said that right, yes, per month. 500 minutes per month. He is now in a Supermax facility. He was moved. So you remember when we were talking about the Constitution and Democrats complaining about these uh, court cases, and how dare we go against business as usual by following the Constitution? Well, again, the Constitution isn't being followed. 
Um, so let's talk about this. Lawmakers tee up investigation of Postal Service snooping on Americans. This article from yesterday. The House Oversight and Reform Committee has the U.S. Postal Service in its crosshairs for an investigation of allegations that postal inspectors snooped on Americans via their social media accounts and online activity. Rep. Andrew Clyde, a Georgia Republican on the committee, authored a request for the Biden admin to hand over records related to information about the inspector's Internet Covert Operations Program, or ICOP. It's like IHOP, but Orwellian. And, you know, <laughs> my goodness. In response to Washington Times expose in September about the operation. Postal inspectors monitored protesters across the country. I'll say that again one more time. Postal inspectors, postal inspectors monitored protesters across the country, including people focused on guns, policing, and President Biden's election, according to records from September 2020 through April 2021, obtained by the Times. No big deal, guys. The postal workers, the postal service is spying on you. We've heard about some of these things before. Uh, but, you know, we have not talked about this in a, in, in a very long time. And now, uh, man, what a great name, huh? ICOP. The Internet Covert Operations Program. ICOP. A request for the Biden to hand over records related to information about the inspector's program. The committee's Democratic majority shot down Mr. Clyde's request Tuesday. Shot it down. But he vowed to keep digging for details after his party takes control of the House and the committee next month. Here we have them literally going through people's social media posts to find out what in the world they're doing and saying and thinking, Mr. Clyde said. I'm sorry, but Americans should be concerned about their freedom of speech with regard to what the post office is doing. Earlier this year, the Postal Service's Inspector General said it determined postal employees overstepped their law enforcement authority in its use of an open-source intelligence tool for analyzing social media as part of ICOP. So don't worry, guys. Yeah, the FBI's doing this, and they're fomenting insurrections and uh, infiltrating every group of peaceful Americans to try to turn them into terrorists, which they've already labeled terrorists, simply by questioning the election or COVID narrative or the complete theater that we have on the news and in Congress and in this war that we're supposedly uh, supporting. The surveillance already has extended beyond conservatives. The records first unearthed by the Cato Institute's Patrick Editing show postal inspectors track the activity of people preparing to demonstrate against police in Kentucky, gun rights activists in Virginia, and far-right groups headed to Washington after Mr. Biden's election. So don't worry, guys. It wasn't just the FBI and doing data, you know, geofencing. With these geofencing warrants, it wasn't just that. Which, by the way, geofencing warrants, it's kind of a problem in the first place. Because, again, they're not actually saying, this person committed a crime. We have a crime that was committed here. We need to go investigate. They're just saying, yeah, just show us everyone is here. We'll figure out what we want to, we'll figure out who we want to, who we want to go after, which is exactly what they did. Mr. Clyde wrote a resolution seeking records detailing the work of the postal inspector's surveillance, particularly regarding the potential monitoring of pro-life, pro-gun, and conservative groups. Oversight Committee Chairwoman Carolyn B. Maloney, New York Democrat, opposed the resolution during a committee markup on Tuesday, said... The divided investigation was partisan. Well, if that's partisan, then how do you explain this? Show postal workers the record. I'll, I'll repeat records first unearthed by Cato Institute's Patrick Eddington show postal inspector postal inspectors tracked the activity of people preparing to demonstrate against police in Kentucky. Gun rights activists in Virginia and far right groups headed to Washington. 
headed to J6. So Carolyn Maloney opposed the resolution because the de desired investigation was partisan, but this isn't. No problem. This resolution seems to be suggesting that President Biden somehow used the Postal Service to spy on conservatives and other people, but nothing could be further from the truth, Ms. Maloney said. The truth is Postal Service is an independent agency, which is not subject to direction from the president or the White House. Like Twitter? Can we read that again? The truth is Postal Service is an independent agency not subject to direction from the president or the White House. Like Twitter? That's it for part one of this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Part two is coming up next, and you don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. God bless America.